Gene Baxter here for Podcast Radio, and thanks to you, 2021 continues to be a really fun year. Not only have we just celebrated our first birthday as a radio station, bringing you so many wonderful quality programs from all over the world, but we're rolling out more and more Podcast Radio original shows as well. Our latest comes from the mind of former BBC Radio 4 and World Service journalist, presenter, and newsreader Patrick Muirhead. You'll notice something different almost immediately when you listen to his new series, The Mahe Mysteries. Those are the waves from the Indian Ocean lapping the shore as Patrick joins us from his bungalow on the beach in the Seychelles Islands right now on Podcast Radio. It's so interesting to me, Patrick. First of all, thank you for being here. I appreciate it so much. It's interesting that I didn't know you existed until a few days ago. And now with every fiber of my being, I'm trying to steal your life. I'm trying to figure out a way we can swap positions because... My wife and I have just come back from walking our dogs. It's zero degrees out. The streets are icy with snow flurries. I've just taken off my scarf and my hat and my gloves and my socks and my wellies. Tell me what you see as you look around your place right now. Yeah, well, by quite stark contrast to that, it is now, uh, this this time right now, it's 7 p.m. It is dark in the tropics, but I am sitting on my veranda in my swimming shorts and flip-flops and nothing else. And if it were not dark, I would be now looking out through the coconut trees uh, to the Indian Ocean, which is about 30 yards away from where I'm sitting. So it is absolutely the embodiment of what you might imagine paradise to look like, tropical paradise with swaying palms and white sand beaches, talcum soft sand, and uh, a turquoise ocean that is as warm as bath water. Mm. I kid you not, it really is like that. Is there anything you miss about the big city life of London? You spent a lot of years here. There must be people, a restaurant, a show, something you miss. Yeah, I lived in London for 15 years and I worked for the BBC in London while I was there, among others. And I used to hang out a lot in the King's Road in Chelsea and go to um, Picasso's Cafe and sit there drinking lattes. And often well-known people would come in and, uh, you, you know, Eric Clapton would come in and sit down next to you. And you think, my God, that's Eric Clapton. And um, I remember seeing George Best, uh, Hugh Grant, Bob Geldof. These were people you just passed in the street. And... It was a very exciting, vibrant place to be when I was in my 20s and I had a great job in London and I had a great time. And I am so glad I did it, but I'm so glad that I moved away from it. I wouldn't want to be there now and I don't miss it. No, that's the absolute perfect way to live your life is to be in the right place at the right time of your life and know when it's time to move on for new experiences. Yeah, nobody wants to do the same thing forever. I will admit that my knowledge of the Seychelles Islands could fit on the head of a pin. It's a bunch of islands. I think it's in the Indian Ocean, but it's technically in Africa. Am I right so far? Well, it's part of the African Union block, so it's, which is, if you like, like Europe. So it's, it's considered as part of that block, but it's really quite different. These are little tropical islands. There are 115 of them that are scattered across the Western Indian Ocean. They're absolutely tiny. I live on the largest island, not all of them inhabited. This one, Mahe Island, where my story is set, is about 15 miles long by four miles wide. So you can almost, you know, shout from one end to the other and someone will hear you. It's, it's very small. 
Um, but it doesn't feel very small and it is a world of its own. The, the marketing literature for this country says it's, it's another world. And I think when you come here, you really do feel that you're, you're stepping away from reality into some sort of imagined place of, of one's dreams because that is how it looks. Uh, but of course, that is how it looks superficially. And that is what visitors who are always very welcome see when they come here. But the reality, as my series explores, is very much different to how it might on the surface appear. Well, I have a lot of questions for the real Patrick, but let's talk about your protagonist who is also named Patrick. Now, he's not you, but you share a lot of similarities. Well, it is me, isn't it, really? I, I, I decided that the simplest way to do this was to put myself in the hot seat because I know my character best of all, and it's a sort of warts and all portrayal. But I'll tell you how this thing came about. On January the 13th this year, my husband sat up in bed and he said, why don't you do a podcast? And I said, about what? He said, I don't know, write something. Within two days, he and I had conceived the, the plot of the Mahe Mysteries opening serial, uh, which is called All That Remains. And within eight days from his initial suggestion, I had completed the 20,000 word script and within 27 days, I'd recorded it and edited it into 10 episodes. So that's how we got here. It happened incredibly quickly, a burst of creativity, helped by the fact that I was using characters that I knew very well in the case of myself and, and my husband, who, who is portrayed under a different name in, the, in this series, but also the other characters who are sort of composites of, of, of people that I know and incidents that have actually happened here. It's, it's inspired by real events, but it is a fictional story. Patrick, you, you've had a lifelong career in radio and television as a journalist. Have you ever done anything in the fiction realm before? No, I had a little go at it a few years ago, and I tried to write a sort of teen adventure, which was absolutely disastrous. Um, I've written some nonfiction, but I... I'm still waiting for that big break for, for publication in print. I've written for, for the National Press in the UK, but I haven't had any books published. And I've never had a podcast before. And in fact, until very recently, I hadn't even listened to a podcast, which is odd considering my broadcasting background. But I realised that this was a this is the, the present and the future, really, of the media that's been uh, helped, ironically, by the situation of COVID, people finding themselves at home for long periods of time with little to do, and it's, it's led them to podcasts, and there are one and a half million of them out there. Podcast radio, of course, it helps filter that out for people and find the ones that interest them. Well, it's a wonderful format for what you're trying to do because it advances the story. You're excited about what the next episode is going to be. In fact, that's one of the decisions I guess you had to make. Do you release them all at one time or are you meeting them out a week at a time? Patrick? Well, I understand podcast radio is going to broadcast an episode each day at the same time for two weeks, weekdays, and then repeats at weekends. And, and during that time, they'll be uh, releasing them for download on all the major platforms. Lovely. Let's talk about the universe in which your Patrick, your character, your protagonist exists. You incorporated your husband, you mentioned under a different name. Are any of the other characters real people or did you have to actually invent a universe? The villains are all completely imagined. The other subsidiary characters are composites of, of people that I, that I know. And 
And I know, I've got to tell you, I know some extraordinarily eccentric people here, diverse collection. One of the interesting things about this little tiny country, which has a population of just under 100,000 people. So that is a total population comparable in size to the populations of, say, Maidstone or Grimsby. <laughs> you know, the population of a, of a UK town forms the entire population of this country. But this country, in distinct difference to, to a UK town, is a, a sovereign nation of its, of its own. It, it has government. It has agencies of the state. It has an international airport. It has hospitals and schools and, and, and roads. It has also got industries. It's, it's major industries, tourism, that's about 60% of, of the country's GDP, and tuna fishing, which represents most of the rest of it. So people here are either in fishing or they work in the tourist trade in hotels. And it has sort of attached to, to this life that I'm describing. It's got the full gamut of problems that come with it. It's got social problems, deprivation, poverty. It's got crime. And it is a country that has had a fascinating recent modern history, that it was a British colonial possession until 1976 when it gained its independence. And then it, uh, it, for, for the next 15 years or so after, after a coup d'etat, it became a one-party socialist state. And that has cast a very long shadow on this country and its people, their behaviour and their their attitudes, that came to an end in the 1990s and, and democracy returned. And now the country is beginning to find its voice. But that shadow I refer to has provided a very fertile opportunity for me to explore how it has influenced people and, and, and the way they think. And there are two sorts of people here, those that cling to a past, uh, which was colonial in nature, were very hierarchical with a sort of white aristocracy at the top, and those who want to progress, those who are aspirational and who, thanks to electronic media and internet and so on, are connected to the rest of the world and have very different ambitions for themselves. So even though they're on a remote tropical island, they don't see themselves, they want to be seen as remote or backward. So it's, a, it's a, a country that is divided by its past politics, but it's also divided by its attitudes and customs. That is, uh, that is fascinating. I mean, I really feel like I understand so much about Seychelles now just from that couple of minutes that you just spent. So thank you for that. Uh, this is the voice of Patrick Muirhead here on Podcast Radio. We're talking about his Mahe Mysteries, which are unspooling as we speak across the days. One of the characters I've already taken a liking to after hearing just episode one, Patrick, is your countess. Now, are you doing all the voices for all your characters on your show? Oh, Jean, do stop. You really are flattering me far, far too much. Um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all the voices, um, which is fine up to a point. I can do old ladies and I can do some Creole voices. The, the people here are Creole people. Now, that is a, if you like, that is a sort of um, mixture. It's a cultural mix. They are culturally mixed both in terms of their kind of ethnic origins. So there are people here who are uh, Black African in, in appearance and also South Asian, Southeast Asian, European, Caucasian, Southern European, Mediterranean in appearance. So you have, the, you have a, a wide variety of people here. There is no particular look to a Creole person. 
and there is a, a culture attached to it. So they have their own music and folklore and dances and food and the belief system. They have their own national witchcraft, uh, which is a historic spiritual thing, rather like voodoo that you get in Haiti and Louisiana, the or, or Obia in um, Jamaica. They have their own form of witchcraft here, which is called Grigri. Uh, and that is still a, a present force and a fear for many people in this country. So it's, 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 a, it's a fascinating place culturally from that point of view. And in trying to pick characters, I've also tried to capture the accent of the people. That comes with risk. If you're a white man, you're impersonating a person of color. That's a very sensitive thing to do. But I've tried to be very accurate in, in the Creole accent, which is quite distinct. It sort of sounds a little bit French, a little bit European, a little bit Asian. It's, it's unique. The Mahe Mysteries, we are told early on in episode one that they are inspired by real events. So does that mean at some point a human skull or more did wash up on a beach somewhere? It did, absolutely. Three years ago, um, I'm a journalist here at For Real, and I work for the local TV station. And one morning I got uh, told by our news editor that I needed to go to a church in the south of Mahe where a skull had turned up. And uh, there it was, you know, the sand-covered skull. And over, in fact, I've condensed the story a bit, but over the successive weeks, three skulls appeared, and the mystery of how they came to be there remains. They came with notes attached from a shadowy group calling itself the Syndicate, but nobody has ever managed to decipher who that group is. But it gave me a starting point for a story, and I wanted to tell a story that explored the changing social structure of the country, that there were still those here who clung very tightly to the past order of things, the the colonial era order of things, with this white aristocracy at the top of the pile, people known as Grand Blanc, big white, and, and then strata of society beneath that, with, it must be said, the darkest skinned at the bottom. And that is an unfortunate reality for people here, that, that your prospects in life are governed very much still, to a large extent, by the depth of your colour. It seems incredible, doesn't it? But Like a caste system. It is a bit like that, and that still exists. And, and there are still people throughout the society, from top to bottom, who actually still rather admire that and cling to it, they, because it's a sort of touchstone. It's a, it's a comfort to know where you are in society. And um, I, I wanted to kind of explore the idea in this first serial of those who are clinging to a past that has really begun to vanish. Well, it's very fertile ground for a journalist, for a curious mind such as you possess, and also for a storyteller. You're right, there's a lot of places to go. A couple more questions with you, Patrick. You mentioned the first series. Does this story end at the end of episode 10 or do we continue in another season? Yeah, it, it comes to a conclusion. It's a, it's a self-contained story and I've got about half a dozen plots in mind. Uh, there'll, there'll be some continuity from one season to the next, um, but they, they will be self-contained mysteries and each inspired by a real event, whatever that may be. And that could be true crime 
or it could be a, a large newsmaking event in which crime was tangentially involved. So yeah, self-contained stories, but there'll be a sort of continuing thread through those stories. I believe I'm talking to someone who is now hooked on podcasting. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I started to listen to them while I've been doing the ironing, and uh, I can now begin to see the attraction. You just, you know, you just a bit like getting used to whiskey. I think until you get a taste for it, it's an acquired taste, you know, uh, and, and, and then once you're off, you're good, you're running. Well, there certainly is something out there for everyone, and I know so many of those in our audience at Podcast Radio are going to love hearing your story unspool called The Mahe Mysteries. My final question for you, I couldn't believe it when I started listening to episode one and I heard the actual sound of ocean waves on the beach out in front of your house. And I thought, there's no way he really recorded that with his feet in the sand, sitting on the beach. He must have added the sound effects of the ocean waves afterwards. Can you go behind the curtain and tell me which is true? I, I promise you, and this is the absolute truth, I did the whole thing sitting in our garden, surrounded by coconut trees with my feet in the sand with the ocean just a few, a few feet away. The whole 10 episodes was recorded in one day, uh, so that was a, a challenge. I had to pick a day when the bird song was right in the trees overhead, and the ocean was sufficiently voluble, but not too loud. Um, and it wasn't raining, because although this is a beautiful tropical island, it rains, and that's why it's so lush. So I had to pick a, a day when it was, uh, when it was sunny. So um, it, it was literally recorded there in the garden. No sound effects. It's, what you hear is, is, is actually, actually was. And one other thing to say, that I got a local artist to write and record original theme music and little inserts through little scene breaking inserts throughout the uh, series and his name is Ishan Rath very talented young music artist here in uh, Seychelles and I encourage people to to go on YouTube and have a listen to some of his other stuff um, I was absolutely delighted that he accepted the challenge and he had to do it in very quick speed. And I think his, his contribution has really added to the, to the atmosphere of the, of the overall uh, product. Well, congratulations on the season. And it's really going to be such a nice mental break for so many of us who are in our 40th lockdown in a row here in the UK. It'll be like taking a mini holiday to the Seychelles listening to you and your ocean. So thank you so much for the time today on Podcast Radio, Patrick. It's my great pleasure and it's an honor to, to get the chance to speak to the legendary Gene Bean Baxter. Thank you very much for inviting me. The Mahe Mysteries. Investigated by Patrick Muirhead. Inspired by real events on a remote tropical island. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.